the Cannabis Hillsby Podcast, Episode 72. You're listening to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, where we explore the real stories of real people who have discovered the profound healing properties of the cannabis plant in their own lives. Find more at CannabisHealsMe.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. This is your host, Rachel Kennerly, and we're coming to you once again from the Storybook and Studios. How are you guys doing on this Monday? I hope the weather's nice where you are. I hope your Monday's going well so far because I know Mondays can be kind of stinky. My Monday is on Tuesday because that's when we have our homeschool community day and I actually have to get up and get dressed and go and be presentable and sociable at our homeschool community day. But usually once I'm getting there, I know I drag on Tuesday mornings and I'm kind of like, meh. But then once I get there, it's great. I love the people that are in our homeschool community but it's just the fact that I have to get up and be on someone else's schedule. I've gotten a little spoiled being a self-employed person to being able to dictate my own schedule. And so on Tuesdays, I can't do that. And I get a little cranky about it. Just ask my family. They know. But even when I get a little cranky, I'm still very thankful that I'm able to do what I do. I am the master of my own domain. I get to set my own schedule and decide what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, how I'm going to do it. Within reason, of course, you know, there are other people that are demanding of my time, like my son and my husband. So I can't always do everything the way I want to do it. But, you know, for the most time, probably 75% of the time I can. I want to go ahead and encourage you, if you have not done so already, to subscribe to the podcast. That way it'll automatically download to your phone or your tablet or whatever it is that you use to consume your podcast. If you subscribe to the podcast, that will automatically get downloaded for you. You don't have to go out and search for us. Also, while you're out there subscribing to the podcast, go ahead and rate or review the podcast. That helps boost our juices and the algorithms, and your podcast catcher will actually recommend us to other people who are listening to similar type shows. So give us a rating or a review. We would really appreciate that. We also invite you to participate in our Tell Three People Challenge. Each week, we ask our listeners to tell three people about the podcast, and I'd really love for you to tell somebody who may be still a prohibitionist about the show because I want them to hear these stories. They need to realize that cannabis is medicine, and the best way for us to reach people is to crack that hard exterior of prohibition-mindedness with a story that can speak to their heart. And I think that's what today's episode does. Angie is a single mom of five kids. Her husband passed away. And so she's been raising five kids. And on top of that, she's been struggling with Crohn's disease since she was in her early 20s. And she's going to describe what life with Crohn's is like. And I've got a couple of friends with Crohn's, one who's passed away and then one who is still struggling with Crohn's disease. And I was not aware how life-altering this disease really, truly is. So she's going to give us a peek into what life was like before she found cannabis as medicine and what her life is like now that she has cannabis as medicine. And it is going to absolutely blow your mind because it blew mine. So without any further delay, I'm going to welcome Angie Finn to the program. Angie, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. You had reached out to me on my Facebook page because you saw a post that I put out that Sharon Ravert had shared, and you said that you would love to tell your story of how you use cannabis for your Crohn's disease. 
So I'm excited to talk to you because I have a friend with Crohn's and you'll be my first guest with Crohn's. <laughs> so lucky you, right? <laughs> that, well, that's pretty exciting because, you know, I just feel like that people need to know, especially mm-hmm. people with Crohn's. Yes, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit of the history of your struggle with this illness and kind of how you came to find cannabis as medicine. All right. Well, it all began, this this winding road began for me in, in 1988 when I had a complete blockage. And like nobody could figure out actually what was wrong with me at the time. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't very well known. Crohn's wasn't in 88. However, anyway, I, they sent this, you know, part that they had to remove my intestine away. And, you know, found out I had Crohn's, which at the time they told me that it would be, you know, a lifelong thing. They, they, you know, they basically warned me. But it was like, at the time, you know, I had been going to the doctor and telling them this, that, the other that was wrong, but they didn't, none of them take it really seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, Crohn's is a very difficult disease to even diagnose. But I just, you know, anyway, in the beginning... You know, I had the first bowel resection in 88, and then again, I had another one. And each time that I've been going through this, every brush uh, with this Crohn's that I've had has been very massive. It also has been, you know, very close to death experience. I mean, where, you know, they had told me that I wouldn't live through the night. You know, I've just oh, been wow. terrified, like, of getting sick so many times. And then one time, actually, I had actually survived Borhaven syndrome. Now, what is that? Well, Borhead syndrome is where your esophagus ruptures, and people don't normally live from that. So your esophagus ruptures? It can from acid reflux, you know, Uh, and, you know, of course, Crohn's has, you know, the issues of hiatal hernias. You know, you have GERD, you have, you know, just so many things that comes along with Crohn's. It's not just, you know, the word Crohn's. I mean, there's just so many different things that come along with it that, you know, just none of them are, you know, good. Well, let me so, let, let me pause happened? you for okay. for just a second, if you don't mind. Now, I know what Crohn's is because I have a friend who has Crohn's, and then I've got a friend who passed away that had Crohn's. But it's possible that some of my listeners don't know what Crohn's is. So, if you wouldn't mind just telling us briefly what the disease is and how it affects those that have it. Well, Crohn's is uh, one of the inflammatory bowel diseases. It affects your digestive tract, of course, and it just like it grows on the inner walls of your intestines and eventually forms into, you know, tumor-like masses that have to be cut out. And after that first surgery, you know, you pretty much are going to, you know, guaranteed to have them quite a bit throughout your life. But with it comes just you know, the the lack, the the inability to absorb vitamins into your bloodstream, chronic diarrhea, fatigue, Mm. dehydration, migraines. I mean, the list goes on and on. The Crohn's is, uh, it's also like, it can be to a degree, just life altering because, you know, you have to basically plan your entire life around the bathroom, you know, and like, you know, even your eating habit as well. I mean, everything just you know, it all focuses, you know, it has to circle around that. Yeah. It's just frustrating at times. So you stay home. Yeah. He said, told me earlier that you were going to a ball game. So, you know, apparently you have kids and you can't always just sit at home when you have kids. Yeah, that's true. I've I've uh, actually been a single parent to five for the last 15 years because my husband passed away. So, Oh, wow. I wow. don't get to just 
sit around. You know, yeah. to, you know, before before I got the help that I needed that has changed my life or made it so much, like just the quality of my life improved so much, it was just hard to, you know, go places, but it's not now. When these blockages occur, you're actually in the hospital and they have to cut out a portion of your bowel. It's a pretty major surgery, correct? It's huge. I mean, it's, they cut you open from, you know, almost your, you know, where your heart is and your chest all the way down. And just, it, it's unbelievable the way that Crohn's has affected me personally. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that it does that to everyone. I'm saying there's lots of me's too, who just lose so much of your intestine and you're put back together. You know, like there's parts of the puzzle missing. How many of these bowel resections have you had to have? I've had five. So, yeah, they've been really bad. And the sad part about it to me is the the biggest thing that the the doctors and, you know, I mean, I'm sure they've studied Crohn's now forever because, mm-hmm. you know, it was discovered in 1970 or, well, not, not 1970, but in the late 60s when uh, President Eisenhower had it. Okay. Did you know that? I did not his know doctor, that. Yeah, his doctor was Dr. Crohn. Okay. And, you know, he actually suffered from an intestinal blockage and almost died as well. You know, they they sent his you know intestine off like they would. You know, of course they blame it on everything. But when they couldn't pinpoint what it was, of course, then you know they you know found out it was a new disease. But there's just so many horrible aspects to it. You can have you know several different inflammatory bowel diseases. All of them are you know basically the same, you know, except for, you know, with colitis, sometimes you can have your colon removed and, you know, get released that way. But the doctors in the medical field, I mean, the biggest thing that they can give you for this is steroids. And the steroid use that I have had to endure since 1988 has done so many other, you know, types of damages to my body that, you know, I just feel like it could have been avoided and should have been avoided. I knew a man that he had Crohn's and he's passed away, but I think he took lots of steroids. And then I think that he also, I think at one point he told me that he was on like a, uh, like a chemo drug as well. That's right. It's Remicade. I mean, it, it does your body the same way. It, it's, I mean, everything, every single drug that they have given me over the years has just proven to be, you know, the side effects from it mm-hmm. are worse than, you know, actually dealing with the Crohn's because eventually you figure out the way that you can endure Crohn's disease. I mean, you have to, you can't just, you know, go through life asking everyone else how to do it. You know, with Crohn's, it is something that you individually have to, you know, figure your own way out. I don't know. I just feel like that, you know, that this is not something that, you know, wasn't known. I feel like that they could have, you know, probably did more for people with IBS, IBDs, you know. And, and you have to be on a pretty restrictive diet when you have Crohn's disease. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Like, because my friend who had Crohn's, he, he couldn't eat nuts. Are there other yeah, things that you, that you have to avoid when you have Crohn's disease? Yes, there's this popcorn, nuts, let's say red sauce, you know, anything with a seed. Sesame seeds are dangerous, <laughs> real dangerous. Really? Yes. Yes. It, because seeds, they're so uh, tiny. Like, I know it. And but they, they will get stuck in fistulas and just curves and 
different spots of inflammation and is tolerable. Wow. It doesn't take you long to figure out what you can and can't eat, especially after your first surgery. If you can somehow avoid that. Right. Then you've got a, you know, a monumental chance of having, a, you know, somewhat normal of a life. Yeah. Now, when you had your first surgery, and if you don't want to tell me this, you don't have to because it'll it'll date you. How old were you when that, when you had that first surgery? I was 23. 23, wow. So had you been having stomach pain or cramps or anything like that before you needed the surgery? Yes, ma'am. They were severe. They were uh, just, you know, I, I would explain it, but I found out oftentimes that at, you know, at that time in 88, I don't know how it is now, but I know that when I was the young, you know, girl, mm-hmm. they mostly said, oh, you know, if you're not pregnant, then mm-hmm. it's gas and just send you on your way. It took me getting that full blockage and just, you know, to the point of death, you know, before mm-hmm. they, you know, someone finally did something. And even then I had to show up in the emergency room in a different town. Wow. And what happens when you have a full blockage like that? What are your symptoms? You just, you know, it kind of sneaks up on you. You don't really realize that, you know, you have one at first. But then after a week, I would say, you know, you begin to get nauseated. You can't, you know, the restroom, of course, Mm -hmm. and start being nauseated and unable to eat. And to the, you know, to eventually begin to throw up bile. Wow. Yeah, your waist has to come out somehow. And yeah. you know, after about seven to ten days of a full blockage, that's as long as you can go. And even then, you're pushing it. Yeah, because like then the, you start getting you know, toxic, like I you, guess. Yes, you do. And with somebody that has had as many resections as I've had, you know, you're already you know, in danger of getting leaky gut. It just you know, ruptures pretty quick. For me, so I kind of know that that pain, you know, like somebody right. not, you know, and, you know what I mean? Like I could tell mm-hmm. and I have to go to the doctor. Yeah. Or the hospital, actually. It's I probably a different kind of pain in like a, that. yeah, yeah, I understand that. Because you, I guess if you go too long and you, you know, you can have like, you basically your, your intestines kind of explode, right? If you, if you don't go and they get this do. thing medically. They do. That's the biggest danger. It's like, you know, it's like you, you're got your hourglass running. Because yeah, once it ex- explodes, you're probably, that's, I don't know. There's no a, going back from yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, green and there's right. no going back. Right. I mean, I'm only here by the grace of God, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. there's times that I survived things that they said that they just have no explanation scientifically for why yeah. I survived it. And then the, the thing with your esophagus, what was that called again? That was crazy. That was crazy. What was that? What was um, that caused to get called again? It's called Borhaves syndrome. It's B O O R H A A B E S, and it normally happens to people in their eighties. Oh wow! And they don't. They don't ever survive. I mean, St. Francis Hospital in Columbus, Georgia, did my surgery, and at the time they did it, it was exploratory. Uh-huh. never been done and no one had ever survived oh wow syndrome. i was the first one and that was uh in april of 2006 and the doctor named dr jeffrey travis saved my life by performing a surgery that 
he thought would work. And what he had to do was he had to take out two of my ribs out of my back, scrape all the muscles off, and rebuild my esophagus with my own flesh or muscle, I guess you would say. Oh, wow. Because um, that's the only way it would have worked. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't put someone else's, you know, right. implant them in your, you know what I mean? So that's what he thought to do, and that's that's what he did. I was actually cut uh, on my back about two feet and then on my front. I was on a respirator for a week. So they and, had to take you know, take your own, like your own, they basically just had to build you a new esophagus, right? That's what they did. That's, that's wow. exactly what they did. Wow. And they had told me that, you know, I had less than a 5% chance of making it. Even after, they said, even after, you know, we do rebuild it, we can't promise you, you know, anything because we don't, we, you're the first person that's ever had this done, but we can tell you this. If you don't do it, you're not going to be here anyway. So I had to just just say, okay, well, let's go. Yeah. So was that, is that related to the Crohn's disease or those, is it normal? Is that, I guess, common? It is related. It is related. It happens because of the constant um, acid reflux and GERD that develops in your stomach because Mm -hmm. you don't have, See, Crohn's is an autoimmune disease, and your body cannot, it, it attacks itself. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't, like, you get something in your stomach, and it doesn't see that it's a good thing all the time. So, it constantly, you know, is just trying to fight the food, which creates acid. Mm-hmm. And acid, through time, that's what creates the hiatal hernia. And, I mean, that the acid can do more damage than anything as far as your esophagus goes. Now you told me in the message that you sent me that you, you actually had a problem with your body absorbing the food that you ate. So you, you didn't, you weren't able to keep weight on or maintain weight or kind of, kind of wasting away is what it sounded like to me. That's very true. My doctors actually this time a year ago said that my prognosis was poor because of that very reason. The very first surgery that I had, my intestinal blockage was in my ileum. The now, ileum where is, is that? Part of your digest- <laughs> that's what I want to tell you. It's the okay. part of your digestive tract that connects the large and small intestine. Okay. And it's also the major part of your digestive tract. By that, I mean it's the part that removes the water from your waste. And it also removes the vitamins and nutrients from your food and puts it into your bloodstream. Oh, wow. So that's critical. It's very critical. So did they have to remove your entire ileum or just a big chunk of it? They did. The the whole thing, plus it was like two feet on each side of it. Wow. Because you have to get to a place where you're, you know, disease-free. Yeah. So they just have to cut and cut and cut till they finally get to a place where they can, you know, reconnect you. It's called the anastomosis. How many feet of intestine would you say you've lost over these surgeries that you've had? Probably about 58. And how many total feet are in the intestines? Now, I don't really know that. I know, I just hadn't really found out about, you know, I just hadn't looked into how many exactly feet you have. I do know there's lots and lots of feet of small intestines, but I'm not sure the exact number. Is it primarily the small intestine that they take out? 
or do they sometimes well, take it depends large? on where your disease is because yeah. Crohn's can actually affect you anywhere from your mouth to your rectum. There's you oh, know, wow. it's not it's not intestine specific. Okay. So from nineteen eighty eight until you discovered cannabis, it was sounds like a pretty pretty tough existence with a lot of close calls with death. When was it that you discovered cannabis as medicine? Well, I, I I began this quest searching for a way to get my hands on some 10 years ago when uh-huh. they first, in the very beginning of this cannabis thing, as far as medical goes, cancer and Crohn's were the main two illnesses that they were trying to always get it approved to help. And so naturally, when I found out that, you know, it would help Crohn's or I thought it might, or they thought it might, anything. I mean, you'll grab for anything when yeah. you're, when you've gone through, you know, some, as much as I have. And then, you know, you're, you're only, you're, the only help you can really get. I mean, you can take all the pain medicine in the world. It's not going to alleviate Crohn's pain. Oh. It won't do it. And then it, I don't know. It's just, I don't even know where I was going with that, but. Well, it sounds like you were just kind of desperate for answers and willing to try anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just anything that, especially naturally, you know, Mm -hmm. natural things that, you know, are not lab created or whatever, you know, that actually come from the earth. It's like, you're going to, you're going to grab that fast. I use doTERRA oils as well. You know, the essential oils. I'm a big fan of those too. Anything natural because the less things that you put in your body when you have Crohn's, the less organs that you, you know, will do damage to. Yeah. And you, and you kind of have to protect the ones that you have that are not affected by Crohn's as much as you can. Yeah. So about 10 years ago, is that when they first came out in Georgia where they were talking about medical cannabis for people with no, Crohn's and cancer? No, they did that in Colorado. They did okay. that in Colorado. Yeah, I would. I didn't think Georgia that, was that far ahead of the curve. Yeah, they were not. It, it was something <laughs> that I learned through the grapevine that was yeah. out in California. I mean, Colorado, and I was just Colorado dreaming, calling people. You know, I called and called different doctors and nurses who administer it. Had long, long conversations. I just never could get the ability to get out there. I just it just never became feasible for me to right. get out there and get it. I had the connections. I knew exactly what it cost. I just never was able to do it. Yeah. I just well, always, I mean, I, my son is just now a senior, so. Right. They just always had to come first. Right. Yeah. As a single mom with five five kids, you know, there's there's probably not a whole lot of time for traveling to Colorado from Georgia. That's right. And, you know, at the time when it was first coming out about how it treated Crohn's, they would say that you would need know x amount a day and it would make you very sleepy and all this kind of you know stuff that Mm -hmm. really isn't true but right that's like you would need like three or four weeks of just nothing to do in the whole wide world except take that medicine and so that was another (laughs) thing yeah yeah that's that's not quite the case but you know when it was so new that's what everybody thought huh yeah yeah but that's not true so when did you finally get your hands on some cannabis to see if it would help with your Crohn's disease? Three months ago. I, I started wow. I my fourth, fourth month supply. Wow. And, so you had to wait for 10 years to actually get your hands on some medicine. I did. And it took a lot of 
like I just prayed and I don't know. I, I you just don't know. I I I feel like I manifested my connection to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Just yeah, because it was so important to me. And so, what has what is life like now for you now that you have had Crohn's? Kind of kind of give us a picture of what what your life was like on a day to day basis before you were able to use cannabis to control your Crohn's symptoms versus what life is like now for you. All right. Well, for for many years, I, I can't go back. It's just too many. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the depression, there's the, you know, the chronic diarrhea, the the incontinence as far as that goes. So like it just keeps you absolutely immobile. It's embarrassing. You know, it's just, it was just it's just very embarrassing. And you have to plan your life around every event's restroom. Doesn't matter if you eat or don't eat. Doesn't yeah. matter what you do. If you've lost intestines, even if you haven't lost but a foot that has nothing to do with your ileum, you would still have the chronic diarrhea because that's just part of Crohn's. It's just, yeah. That's what it is. I mean, you can't you can't escape that. But now, and also I didn't have an appetite, couldn't eat, and I just could not. I mean, I know for four solid years I have just really been depressed about it because of all the states that have legalized it. There's people that are recreationally enjoying this plant right now. And and because of my address, it makes me a criminal. But but there's people that are actually out. I'm I'm trying to eat an oil. You know, they these there's people out just buying big bags and rolling big blunts and smoking it up just mm-hmm. for fun. This is not something that I needed to do for fun. Right. You needed this for, so, for your health. Right. So right now, the, the, it's, it's, I'm fixing to begin my fourth month, the very first thing that happened. And by the way, I get full spectrum THC oil. Mm-hmm. It is not mixed with CBD because CBD can counter affect the THC. Doesn't do it in everybody, but it does do it in some people. And I wasn't willing to take the risk because I've already been taking CBD oil since they had the first bid at a store in Florida. So, I mean, it just has not done what this full-spectrum THC does. And it it actually comes from a medical facility in California. This has, the very first thing it did was it took my depression away. It did not make me sleepy. I take two um, little pieces that are about the size of a grain of rice twice Uh a day. And it, it it took away anxiety. It took away the depression. Those were the first two things. It, you know, it didn't take away the diarrhea to begin with. But about two weeks in, I started noticing a huge difference because I went from, you know, using the bathroom 15 to 25 times a day to, you know, like wondering when was the last time I went to the bathroom. And it kind of, oh, wow. it's not something that you notice. You know that that easily because you know you're you're just so used to the repetition of your life you don't pay attention to oh wow well you know th- that's the you know that's the next thing it started doing and then you know my ability to eat I've gained 17 pounds since I've been on it and I haven't been able to gain weight mm-hmm. in over 50 in, in probably 20 years wow like I've been underweight and just malnourished that's mm-hmm. like. I've been to gain weight to the point where I've had to drink insurers trying to do it, and insurers yeah. doesn't do it. Yeah, insurers also cause diarrhea. So, oh wow, I mean, you, like you needed any yeah. help with that? 
that's right. So, you know, but I mean, my life has just changed in every way possible. I don't, I, I can only imagine the things that it's healing inside of me that I don't even know. But what I do know is I haven't had a, any high blood pressure. I've been able to eat anything just about that I want. Now, will I go eat a nut or a sesame seed? No. But it's just, everything is just better. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pain-free. As a matter of fact, I have not taken a single pharmaceutical in the last two months. Nothing. Wow. My screen, I was sleep deprived so bad. That's part of like PTSD almost. You think, mm-hmm. oh, if you fall asleep, you might have an accident or whatever. Right. It's, 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 it was so constant that you don't even realize how much it helps you until you really start to think about it. And you're like, you have to really think of the difference. And yeah. it's, it's amazing. I, I mean, I can't speak enough about it. Like it's just, there's not enough words. Now, you're in Georgia, the Deep South. So what was your attitude towards cannabis before you discovered that there were medicinal benefits of it? My attitude has always been that it's a plant and no one's ever died from it. And I felt like that that the whole thing, the whole drug war against it mm-hmm. was just greed. I, I did because, you know, before I even knew it had medical properties or mm-hmm. even to treat Crohn's, you know, you can you can learn about the the drugs that were that existed in the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. Do you realize that that marijuana was the only one for yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years? That's the only thing that anyone had. It's been around a long time, and people didn't die back then. I mean, they did die. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, right. most of the time, you know, I don't know to think, you know, how far we've come, you know, from those days. And those people seem like to me had a better, you know, check on their health care than we do today. I just don't think there's any profit in a cure, and I don't think that people, I don't think that I've never agreed that someone should be locked in a prison, right, over a plant. Exactly. So, I, you know, it's it's not that I'm a, a stoner, you know, I'm not a stoner, but I just don't, I, I just feel like that people have really judged those who do smoke it for recreation. You know, a lot of right. people can't drink. A lot of people don't want to drink or, right. or, you know, smoke cigarettes and all the things that you can get on any corner store. You know, a lot of people just don't want to do that. And so what is- I feel like everyone should have a choice. Yeah, I agree with you on that. What has been the reaction of the, your friends and family when they're like, man, you're looking really good. What What are you doing different? Or, or are you still kind of in the closet? Yeah, that's that's the best part. Yeah, that's the best part. It's just seeing my family, you know, and then them. Yes, everybody is like they think that it's just the difference of day and night. Like yeah. I even had my favorite cousin, Rich Tarrant, tell me just yesterday. That it was just like me in the old days. He said, yeah. "Guys, I just can't get over." But like, he's even willing to pay for my medication. Oh, that's he's awesome! So happy about it. Yeah, that's amazing. So, I mean, everybody does know. The only thing that I hate about it is my son. You know, I have five kids. Three of them think like I do about about 
you know, just marijuana itself and the fact that, you know, it, it can help me. Three of them, uh, uh, you know, understand where I'm coming from. Two of them, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. You know, it's illegal. It's wrong. You can't do it. You know, you see shame and all that. My son's one of them, but I don't keep anything from him. I tell him everything because, you know, I'm taking a risk anytime I, and every time I order it. Right. It's even having it. I'm yes. taking a, a huge risk, you know. So I'm not going to leave him blindly sitting here, you know, in case I were to get in trouble. I just don't I feel like that would not be fair to him. But I do hate that he can't see. Billy, Billy, when last time I got sick, Billy was three. And he does not remember. Yeah. I'm talking about a big, giant episode. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I have been sick. Like, I call my near-death experiences the only time I get sick because <laughs> you can't not really be sick for Crohn's, you know. So, but, but you, you know, you reach this place, you know, in your head where it's just part of normal life, everyday life. Yeah, right, right. Now, like, you know, somebody who, just like me five months ago when I would wake up and before 10 a.m. already have 15 bowel movements, mm. there's going to be people in the world that won't be able to function like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, it takes a, it takes a lot of there's nothing noble about it either. But it takes it takes a lot of willpower to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And uh, you know, I'm just thankful that I've had a little break from that. Very thankful that there's been just a little bit, you know, I guess what forgiveness from it. I don't know. Just it's yeah. like it's just, I don't know, it's just completely made a huge difference. And I think that everybody with Crohn's, even the people that don't believe in it, mm-hmm. I think that if they would give it a month, they would change their mind. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are just afraid. They they don't want to take that risk. They, maybe their kids are younger than yours, or you know, they just they're just so afraid well, of what would happen. I can't blame them for being afraid. I can't right. blame them because the oil is a felony. Right. It's, right. it's not just a misdemeanor, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, you know, you got caught with less than an ounce, you know, you're going to get a fine. This is a felony, you know. And, and but, you know, only because of my address. You know, if I if I had an address, you know, with a zip code of Colorado, California, and there's several other states. Then it would or be even in Florida. Fine. It would be perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I, there's just no justice in yeah. that. There's none whatsoever for people... I mean, you've got babies who are having three or four hundred seizures a day, who could, could who could even get the low dose THC oil, tiny microscopic drops of it mm-hmm. would stop that. Now, who in the world, who in the world is going to sit up high on a throne and deny people of that? Right. It's, it's the babies. I mean, the people with brain tumors. The I mean, it is your cancer, and there's so much that we don't know. And I believe that's been the whole reason that they've hit it mm-hmm. and they hit it so well and they cage people up. There's so much that we don't know about it. Just think of that. There, just think of that. There is wealth of information yeah. yet to be learned about. Oh, yeah. We've, we've lost decades of research. 82 years it's been prohibited. But I guarantee you those 82 years, there's not. Any medical department anywhere, they could squeeze in a little studying of it. Mm-hmm. Believe me, they've done it. They've done it. They knew and they know. 
yeah, they actually have a patent on how how it's useful as a neuroprotectant. So, you know, the fact that it's still a Schedule One drug, which by definition means that it has no medicinal benefits whatsoever, is a complete and total farce. I mean, the the laws need to be changed. They just need to be completely taken off the books. And, well, you know, they need to they need to separate their their laws and get them away from a plant, right? That was put here. And the, the biggest reason they don't they don't do it is because it's seeds and they can't control seeds. They can was, try all they want. It'd be just like, you know, the, the way they want to take everyone's gun, like you're really going to be able to keep them from criminals. Right. But, right. You know, that's just not how the system is. You know, yep. that's just not how it works. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't work that way. I was talking to someone yesterday and we were talking about kind of our, our backgrounds because I'm a Christian and he is as well, at least that. No, no, he's not. Anyway, so I'm a Christian and he he kind of said that, you know, when he gets pushback from, from Christians about cannabis, one of the things that he says, okay, you know, what was created first, plants or man? And our body has an endocannabinoid system in it. So that plant was created to plug into our endocannabinoid system by God, the creator. So I thought That's that correct. was I thought that was a great I'd never thought about it that way. I thought that was a great way Do to kind of appeal. Partaking in it the way that I am right now. Do you know that it resets your entire endocannabinoid system? That's awesome. Every day, like it resets it. Like yeah. that's what I'm telling you. Like just on the outside of me. I can tell a huge difference in, right. in, in every way. I mean, I've been able to go out and hunt rocks to paint, the kindness rocks. I, I, just things that that I haven't been able to do. But I don't know. It, it's just um, it, it's remarkable to me that something that simple could have made such a difference in just this short period of time. And yeah. it infuriates me. To think that, you know, I'd be looked at as a, a hard criminal, you know, should I get caught? And that's the part that breaks my heart because my son doesn't like that. And and I can I can see where well, he's, he's worried about his mama. I, yeah. I can understand that for him. Absolutely. Have you been back to the doctor or had any blood work done since you started consuming cannabis oil? I have. And how did that come out? Well, they, you know, they, they don't test me for it or anything like that. My doctor. Right. Um, but I was just curious if like. Work, my blood work now, it, I was lacking a couple of vitamins. I was lacking on um, uh, B12 and vitamin D. But those, those are things that I'm going to always have to take because I just don't have an ileum. Like that, that's good yeah. back to, you know, if you don't have an ileum, you just can't, your body, there's no way for it to get those vitamins from food and put it right you know you've got to have that part of your system yeah i was curious to to see if maybe your blood work had improved from your last visit to the most recent one since you've been taking cannabis oil well bob i've only been once i've only been once since i've been taking it so i'm mm-hmm. gonna be redoing my blood work like it was like a month after i've been taking it so i have to have blood work done every three months okay so it's coming up soon Okay, but what he was so impressed about was the fact that I've gained weight. Like he yeah. just couldn't, he couldn't get over it. And and the thing about my doctor is, I tell him 
what I do. What was his response to that? His response to it is he told me that he admired me for it. Oh, wow. He said that he couldn't support it. He said he could not support it in any way. And by that, he means like if in the event that I applied for a medical card Mm -hmm. right now, he said that he wouldn't. He wouldn't treat me anymore if he did. Oh, wow. That's just, a shame. He just doesn't know yet where all that's headed to. Yeah. You know, and which I really don't care. But I, I told him that because uh, he's been my doctor for 30 years. And oh, so wow. He just trusts me on a level that's not, you know, like it's deeper than most doctor-patient relationships. Like mm-hmm. he's pretty much like I tell him things he don't know about Bronzy. He likes to talk to me about it. But um. Anyway, he he just when I told him about it, he just said that whatever that I was doing, to keep doing it because he could not believe I had gained even a half a pound. I mean that's he pretty remarkable. Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't believe it. He said I had not weighed what I weigh now, which I you know I'm not gonna call out my weight, <laughs> but it's really not bad. But I guess I could you know, but. Anyway, it's okay. I mean, he, he said that I had not weighed that in almost 27 years. And that's unless I was pregnant. Yeah. He even jokingly said, you know, are you pregnant? And I'm like, that's all. <laughs> you know that I am not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. Im- immaculate conception, right? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Let me ask you this before. Are there any resources that you would recommend for people related to to Crohn's and then also learning more about full-spectrum cannabis oil? Well, there's all kinds of groups. There's the the Peachtree Norm. There's all kinds of Facebook groups that are advocating for all of us to have access to medical you know, TH, full spectrum THC oil. Mm-hmm. So what 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 needs to happen is people really need to start. Number one, they need to start figuring out what they have wrong with them and find out what that plant can do for them or their loved ones. They need to figure that out. And the second thing they need to do is they need to start talking and listening at the meetings that I've been attending to activate for you know to you know to be you know, to, you know Support, you know, it's activism is what yes. it is, but you just yes. need to get out and join these groups and go to the meeting, go to the Capitol, you know, email people and start really, you know, making noise that no one should be considered a criminal in this country mm-hmm. because of their zip code. Yeah, I am in complete and utter agreement with you on that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I, I think you're you're. It's incredible to hear you tell me that, you know, you've gained 17 pounds, that you've gotten off all your pharmaceutical drugs after being on steroids for Can decades. Can I the ones that I came off of? Right yes, there? I would love to hear that. I came off of Xanax, Restoril, uh, 10 milligram oxycodone, dicinoxalate, wow. which is lamodal, and just, you know, the list goes on. But I, I'm not taking anything. At all. How many how many prescriptions were you taking each day? Seventeen. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is incredible. And you are taking zero now, correct? 
Zero. Wow. And that's just, you just have no idea how much that means to me because I'm giving my liver a break. Yeah. My kidneys a break. You just have no idea what it means to me. Now, is that 17 different prescriptions or is that 17 pills per day? 17 different prescriptions. Wow. That's even more amazing. Wow. What does your doctor say about you not taking the prescription drugs anymore? Do you know, uh, I have not broke that down for him yet, honestly. <laughs> I have just been getting the refills. And like I know he's wondering why I haven't asked for pain medicine. Because it's just too much of a hassle. You know, like if you don't have to go and get a prescription, it's great. So yeah. I, I don't even care what he thinks about that. I mean, maybe he thinks I'm having a few good months. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just... I haven't broke that down for him yet. That's all on next, is it? Oh, yeah. That, I'd like time, to be a fly on the wall for that one. Yeah. The first time, you know, I just like, oh, I'm trying this. And, you know, I don't know yet, but we'll see. And, you know, now it's the 100%. I'm going to go in there and, and really, really fill his ears up. Yeah. That's because in, I believe that he wants to know this. I, I don't think it's something that he wouldn't want to know. Right. No, I, I think most of them are interested to hear about this plant that they never got any training on in medical school and that they've been indoctrinated like the rest of us, that it's this terrible drug when it's medicine for so many people. You know, I have seen it heal skin cancer. Wow. Rubbing the same oil that I eat on, on scar sonoma. Wow. I've seen it completely remove it. That's amazing. That's just, wow, that's hard to believe, I, I tell you. But but from 17 prescriptions to zero. How long, right. were, how long were you on oxy, oxycodone for pain? Oh, for the last 30 years. Wow. Was that hard to get off or did the, the cannabis no. just take all the pain away? No, it was not. Do you, mm. do you know that I have figured out cannabis as far as withdrawals goes? Do you know that all the pharmaceuticals that you're on, you know, you can quit taking them in two or three days, they're out of your blood system, right? And so, so many people can beat those drug tests, whatever they do. But with, with, do you know with cannabis, it takes 30 days. You want to know why? Hmm. The Lord made that plant so that we don't have withdrawals from it. Again, that goes back to our creator. Mm -hmm. I, he, he made that medicine so perfectly well that you slowly each day, a little bit at a time, your body, you know, releases it a little bit more to 30 days later, it's all gone and you don't know the difference. And, and I just think that's another amazing thing. Yeah. About that is pretty interesting. So, Very much so. So. You did, so no, I didn't have any trouble laying them down whatsoever. I mean, in fact, it felt so good to not take them. And then I was on that and a fentanyl patch. And the fentanyl wow. patch was the first thing to go. That was the, just liberating to rip that thing off. <laughs> you have no idea. So you, you burned that patch like you did your bra, right? <laughs> well, you know, just, the, just, just getting off of those medications can help you feel so much better if you just mm -hmm. only need the difference. Nobody in their right mind would want to take that. For a long period of time, like it, it's just—it you don't feel well, you know, you don't you don't feel good. Like it, it might numb the pain a little, but it's going to come back in four to six hours, and you're right. going to need another one. You know, this just needs to be a better solution. 
And that's where I find that this medicine that I'm on, that's exactly what's happening. And that, you know, that's the reason I'm on the phone right now. And the reason I'm not going to stop talking about it. <laughs> well, good for you. I, I, I applaud your bravery because it is very brave to do something that you know is against the law. But I applaud your bravery. And, and then on top of that, not only to to do something that you know is breaking law, but then to be outspoken about it. I mean, that's that takes a lot of courage, and I admire that in you. Well, it takes a whole lot of courage as well to lay down under a knife after being told that you you're not going to make or you know like tell your family bye. Mm-hmm. You got less than five percent. So that's where the courage comes in. You know, yeah, you don't want to be the easy there. part, right? Yeah. You don't want to be back there. So you do yeah. just about anything. And mm-hmm. that includes breaking a law if necessary. And and that's exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, I just, I, I just put my life and everything about it in God's hands and whatever will be, will be, but I'm not going to stop. Even if I, you know, went to jail, I'd get right out and do it again. I hope that you will continue to be a vocal outspoken advocate because this is an absolutely amazing story that more people need to hear. Well, I appreciate your time tonight, and I hope that people will believe me when I say that they need to, number one, find out how it can help them, and then number two, talk about it. Yeah, I I agree completely. I'm still, I'm still, my mind is just still boggled from 17 prescriptions to zero. <laughs> it's the truth. I could just, I could send you a photo of my list. because every time you go to the doctor now they give you a list of everything you're on wow and i could send you a list (laughs) i have it that's you know he's not gonna know what to do the next time i come in when i say nope nope no refills on that nope 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 i want to know how that visit goes the next after you go to that doctor's visit you need to message me because I want to hear, I want to hear what his response is. I, I, I'd be very okay. interested to hear what he says when he sees I you. Can't again. Wait. I just hope that he don't <laughs> disown me. Hope yeah. he don't disown me because that would be a, a you know a hard thing to make up. But if yeah. he does, you know, I just believe that you know everything that happens happens for a reason, and I'll continue to you know move forward. Like you just can't stop when you get on fire. Mm-hmm. Like you've been sick as long as I am have yeah. been you, there's no stopping there's just you know there's just nothing you wouldn't do to try to prevent that same 23 year old who's right now in the er you know facing their her first bowel resection you know that's who i'm fighting for i don't want her to get it i don't want right. her to be cut on because if she doesn't get cut on with crohn the chance of her quality of life and her longevity mm-hmm. increases at least 50 percent just from avoiding surgery. So yes, I'm going, I'm never going to stop. Never. Because yeah. it could very well, very well be one of my own daughters I'm fighting for in the end. Or my son. So no, I'm not going to stop. Well, good for you. Keep up the, the advocacy. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you're doing so much better. That's, it's just a miraculous recovery. It's, it's, it's amazing. Well, thank you so much. And I just have to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a bunch, Angie. I'll I'll let you go because I know you're an hour ahead of me, so it's it's getting pretty late there. I, I appreciate your time tonight, though. Yes, ma'am. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Have a good Bye. evening. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Was that amazing or what? 
This plant is absolutely incredible. It's medicine, and it is, it should be a crime that people have to become criminals in order to medicate themselves. But it's really the politicians that make people criminals. Did you hear what her life was like, how many prescriptions she was on before cannabis? And now she is on absolutely none, all thanks to a plant that's been illegal in this country for 80 years. And that's just not right. Something needs to change, and it needs to change in a hurry. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to reach out to your local representatives and tell them, look, share these stories with them and tell them, look, this is a medicine for people. People like Angie, a single mom of five kids who basically her life had to revolve around where the nearest toilet was. She couldn't even sleep for fear of defecating on herself at night while she was sleeping. What kind of life is that? What kind of quality of life is that? It is wrong. It is immoral that this plant should still be illegal and that people should be sitting in cages over this plant. Please get involved. Reach out to your local normal chapter, N-O-R-M-L, and see what you can do to help End prohibition. This has got to change, guys. People like Angie should not be considered a criminal. And we see a light at the end of the tunnel, but that light's not coming quick enough for people who have a death sentence and who are too afraid, unlike Angie, who are too afraid to step out and use this plant because it's illegal. So please get involved in the community. Please get involved in making this plant legal again. There's no excuse for this plant to still be illegal. The federal government knows that it's that it does have medicinal properties. Patent number 6630507. They know this plant has medicinal properties. It should no longer be a schedule 1 drug. It needs to be descheduled and it needs to be legalized. So with that rant, I will leave you. I hope you guys will come back. You may have noticed that the audio quality was a little wonky on the interview. And the reason is I'm trying to outsource the editing process because I really want to get back to doing two episodes a week. And the only way I can do that is if I offload some of the stuff on my plate. The editing process takes me forever. I just dealt with the audio quality and hopefully next time it'll be a little bit better. Show notes for today's episode can be found out at CannabisHealsMe.com slash 72. We will be back here I don't know, maybe later this week. It may be Monday before we're back, but hopefully we can get back to our two episodes a week schedule. But I'll be back when I be back. You guys be safe, be good, and have a great week. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you're using. Do you have a suggestion for a guest on Cannabis Heals Me? send an email to podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Cannabis Heals Me or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments.